Welcome to Unity of Tucson. I brought this little piece of paper up today that has the five basic unity principles printed on it. And sometimes I think that we forget to refer back to these. We talk about principle all the time, and sometimes we forget to refer back and say, well, what are the principles, right? Does anyone, can anyone tell me what the principles are? Just tell me. It's okay, because I don't often, I mean, I can tell you what the principles are using my own language, but uh, I just want to read this. Number one, there is only one presence and one power active as the universe and as my life, God, the good. Two, our essence is of God, therefore we are inherently good. This God essence was called the Christ and was fully expressed in Jesus. Three, we are co-creators with God, creating reality through thoughts held in mind. Four, through prayer and meditation, we align our heart-mind with God. Denials and affirmations are tools we use. Five, through thoughts, words, and actions, we live the truth we know. That's the entire philosophy. Everything distills back to that. Everything distills back to that. Everything distills back to love only, forgive everything, Remember who you are. That's what this is talking about. Knowing the truth of our being so deeply that we act in accordance with that truth. And are we doing that all the time becomes the question. Because for many, it may be a tall order. I know it was a tall order for me for a long time. Still working on it. Still working on it. So this month, you know, Laura said, we talked all about power, right? This is... Yeah, this is the third Sunday this month. We have five Sundays this month. Isn't that exciting? Um, and, and, and we've been working our way through the 12 powers as articulated by Charles Fillmore. And this month is the month where we talk about the power of power. Power as an aspect of our beingness. And so I ask the question, and I continue to ask the question every Sunday, what is power? You alluded to that today. What is power? There are so many definitions for what power is. Well, the power I think we're really talking about when we talk about this aspect of our beingness is the power of creation itself. Now, if we hold to the notion, as we do, in the teaching that God is all there is, and we are part of all that is, then we must be, each and every one of us, expressions of God in knowing this, in allowing this to be the point of view from which we experience life, we are activating the power of creation in every aspect of our life. And so when we pray, there is a call to this idea a call to the one power, the power of infinite creation. When we articulate in prayer using lowercase w words, and I'll tell you why that's going to be important in just a moment, but lowercase w words, the expression through language, we are articulating as best we can the one power, the one presence, the one spirit, which is the truth of our being. What is our connection 
to it. How many of us, and this is a rhetorical question, I'm not looking for a show of hands. I'm asking you to check in with yourself to see to what degree you still believe that there is something out there that is separate from you, that has dominion over you, that has power over you. Because a lot of us are raised in a particular society and in a particular culture where that becomes the paradigm. We believe that we, can be conf- that we must conform ourselves to all of that stuff out there in order to be liked. I talked a lot about that last week. We don't need to be liked. <laughs> we like to be liked, but we don't need to be liked. There's a difference. Now, I think it's good that we work in communication and cooperation with each other, and naturally, liking each other will flow from that. That's okay. So what is our connection to the power? Well, the connection to the power is that we are the power. So how does it get used? How does it get used? That's what today is all about. Well, essentially, say what you need to say. Say what you need to say. There is only one power. There is only this power of creation. That's it. And let's consider creation. And I debated going down this path a little bit. Let's consider creation in terms of what quantum physicists are talking about these days. And if you think quantum physics is beyond your understanding, you are right. Because quantum physics is even beyond the understanding of quantum physicists. So you're in really good company. So if we, consider the, if, you, if we consider this aspect of creation through the lens of quantum physics, essentially what we perceive as creation is the collapsing of a wave of potential into an expression of time and space. You, you still with me? Have I completely lost you? Creation is the collapsing of a wave of potential into an expression of time and space. We are immersed in a sea of potentiality. We are immersed in a sea of potential. And the way that we experience that potential is using our mind, our use of this infinite mind, to collapse that potential into the expression of time and space. Why do I go down this road? Because for me, it articulates in a different way the creative process, which is what we're always talking about. Our thoughts create our experience. That's what that's talking about. And I'm moving past the notion of thoughts are things, even though that is the title of my book that I wrote. And the title of many books, I, 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 you know, many of us have written books called Thoughts or Things. But here's what I'm turning to, and this may be the second book I write. Things are thoughts. Think about it. Things are thoughts. And so everything that you experience began as a thought, as a belief, as a feeling. So before this collapse of potentiality into the expression of time and space, and here's the thing, language is limited. I talk about, that all, talk about that all the time. Language is limited because we cannot actually conceive of the infinite potentiality being collapsed into expression, into reality, um, outside of a linear, spatially restricted idea. But what it is, is potential beyond any limitation. 
So what tool do we have at our command to actively collapse the potential into reality? Well, there are some tools that we talked about. Number five, through thoughts, words, and actions, we live the truth we know. Through prayer and meditation, this is number four, through prayer and meditation, we align our heart-mind with God. That's how we collapse these waves of potential into expression. And if we are committing ourselves to live the lives of peace, to live the lives of love, to live the lives of joy, then that must be what we are choosing to collapse into expression. And that takes work. Nobody wants to hear that, right, William? (laughs) I just tease William because we used to have this conversation all the time. And I teased him in class and said... This stuff is work, right? Until when, William? It's work until it's not. (laughs) But that's the joy of this, is the more you practice it, and that's why we say, be consistent in your practice. The more we practice it, the easier it gets, and the easier life becomes, and the more joyful life becomes. That's what all faith traditions essentially teach. They are all working in the direction of what would you like to experience today? Think about it. Allow your thoughts, beliefs, and feelings to collapse that potential into the expression and experience of your life. To collapse the potential, to make it experiential, we provide the Word with a capital W. I don't know if you heard that. (laughs) My watch heard me say, experiential, we provide the word. And then it said, I didn't get that. Could you try again? (laughs) One more time. (laughs) To collapse the potential. (laughs) To make it experiential, we provide, ready? I'm going to do it again. The word. Well, thank you. And here I'm talking about word with a capital W. And here's how Charles Fillmore has talked about the word. The word gives order and regularity to the movement of things and is the divine dynamic, the energy and self-revelation of God. Notice the word, the W is capitalized. So we're not talking about language here. We're talking about the energy of creation behind it all. And we've given it this word, word, (laughs) which confuses everyone to no end. In the faith tradition that I was raised in, in ministry, uh, the founder of that tradition, Ernest Holmes, said the word means the ability of God to declare itself into manifestation. The word means the ability of God to declare itself into manifestation. The word is intention. The word is intentional. It is not just a good idea or a flippant kind of thing coming off the tongue. The word is action. And we are all living the word whether we are aware of it or not because every aspect of our expression is rooted in the energy of the word, the energy of that divine dynamic, the energy and self-revelation of God who is you, who is me, who is each and every one of us. So we are constantly 
allowing that word to come forth into expression and into action. We just like to make it all convoluted by capitalizing this word and not capitalizing that word. You know, language is a clumsy tool. But look at the quote. The word gives order and regularity. The word is not magical, even though I do like to end my prayers sometimes by saying abracadabra. (laughs) The word itself is not magical. That energy is not magical. It is the core essence of our being, and we are consistently using it because our lives are consistently flowing forth into experience. So the question becomes, how will you use it today? In what direction will you direct the word? The word is the self-revelation of God. Therefore, it is our self-revelation. The word is the energy backing all of creation. This manner of collapsing potential into expression is not just in the words you speak, but in the energy behind them. Which is why when I teach people to pray, and that's one of the things we do, we teach people to pray. When I teach people to pray, I tell them, I don't care about the words you use. Don't, you don't have to make your prayer flowery. What I am interested in is what is the energy and the feeling that is infused in how you are expressing that prayer because that is the capital W word. I encourage a feeling tone in the expression and experience of prayer, which is a way, I said it last week or the week before, feeling tone is one of the ways that I have defined God in my life. And the word is all over the place. The very first words of John, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The energy of creation is what we're talking about. That's what God is. That's what God is. Now, looking into Scripture, as I am wont to do on occasion, remembering that everything is a translation, I stepped back and I went to find the Greek. I'm not a Greek scholar, I want to be really clear. But I went and I looked at the Greek to really deepen into a sense of what is it that is wanting to be expressed here that perhaps is lost in translation into English. And the Greek word for word is logos. Logos has many, has many meanings, has many contextual meanings. But one of my favorites is this. Logos can mean expectation. Logos can mean expectation. So what if we changed this in the beginning, was expectation. And expectation was with God, and expectation was God. Are you living a life of expectation, of expectancy? Are you living the life where love is what you expect, where peace is what you expect? Or are you walking through life tacitly going, yes, I really want love, but this is all the things that's happening out here. Because that's setting up your expectation. And you know what you're going to continue to experience? I don't mean to be directive. Let me talk about it this way. Sometimes I walk walk through life, I'm like, love is all that I want. And yet I look at the things out there and I say, love is not what I'm getting. And I start to align myself with the things out there. And that becomes my expectation. 
to have a continuation of that junk. Forgetting who I am. Forgetting who I am. And so my work becomes remembering who I am to know that the feeling tone of God is the truth of my being. How about you? Rhetorical. All of this is applicable to our own experience, all of it. The infinite nature of creation that is God is applicable to our experience because we are consistently creating our experience as God. In the beginning was the Word, and we decided how we felt about the Word and the degree of belief behind the Word. And we empowered our lives rooted in the limitations of those feelings and those beliefs. If you want to look at the way, if you want to look at what you think you know about life and about God, look at your life because your life is flowing forth according to that. Who will you choose to be today? A result of that frame of mind to start to let go of the power and live in the limitation, part of the result is to discount our own use of the power of creation. And what happens when we do that is that power, the construct and concept of power, turns itself into force or coercion, where we think we've got to get in there and work it, do it, right? True power comes from knowing the truth of your being, rooting your thoughts, beliefs, and feelings in alignment with that, and living easefully and gracefully with the flow. Force and coercion, how do you think that's going to work out? What do you think is more lasting in creating our experience? That which comes from force or that which flows forth easily and gracefully from our innate power? Our work is the work of self-mastery. I'm glad that you mentioned mastery in one of your definitions. That is our work. Our work is the work of self-mastery. In self-mastery comes the realization, the true realization, that force isn't necessary to express, through, through, to express true power. Are we going through life trying to coerce or are we growing through life with grace and with ease, just like a seed planted doesn't need to force, it just expresses itself. I have found that attempts at coercion are a surefire way to alienate. Anyone ever have that experience? If they only did it my way, That alienation just continues to compound until we make a new decision. And as it compounds, it creates a greater sense of separation. And ultimately, it's not even around separation from somebody else. It's separation from the truth of our being. Separation is the only thing we are ever trying to heal. We talk about the healing candle as the revelation of the God essence at the core of all creation. What we are talking about is that when we feel separate from that God essence, that is when we experience disease. That is when we experience discord in our life. So the only thing we are ever, ever, ever trying to heal is the sense of separation. When you know who you are, life unfolds accordingly. 
So say what you need to say. Say it with compassion. Say it with willingness to be wrong and an openness to understand. And if there is conflict, resolve it where it resides. Resolve it where it resides. We often deflect our power into a thing called complaining that is not resolving conflict where it resides. There are some guidelines for how you can do this. You know, interpersonal communication is a great, great tool that we have. So here are some guidelines, perhaps, on how you can use the word effectively. The word with a capital W. If you have a problem with me, and I'm going to talk first person. If you have a problem with me, come to me, privately. (laughs) If I have a problem with you, I will come to you, privately. If someone has a problem with me, and they come to you, send them to me, and I will do the same for you. Please do not interpret me. I prefer you to ask me what I mean, and I will be careful not to interpret you. If I feel unclear, I will ask you what you meant. If something is confidential, do not tell me. If something is confidential, do not ask me to tell you. Please do not hint to me, hoping I will understand. (laughs) Please say exactly what you mean. And I will not hint to you, hoping you understand my meaning. I will say exactly what I mean. Do not complain which is different than engaging for the purpose of healing. I already talked about that. Don't take anything personally. And when in doubt, just say it. If we're not taking anything personally, then how can we possibly be offended by anyone else saying what they need to say? Say what you need to say. Know that the power of creation resides in you as the word. Now, these, are, these can be guidelines not only for better communication, but clarity in creating the life you desire, free from limitation, free from innuendo, and free from judgment. Doesn't that sound like a nice life to live? Yeah. The power of the word is the power we invest in expectation, rooted in love, understanding, and wisdom. In the beginning was the word, and the word is with you, and the word is you. You. Our God, greatness on demand. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. So this week, I would like you to consider, as homework, clarifying some misunderstanding that you may have had in your life. Clarify some misunderstanding this week. Activate your expectation for clarity, and then Act upon that. Meditate daily on the idea that things are thoughts projected through the lens of belief and feeling. That's the homework this week. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. 
You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.